This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Believe Podcast Network presents the FCS Football Podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. This is the FCS Football Podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network, your go-to source for FCS football analysis and breakdowns on everything you need to know from every single team, all 126 teams at the FCS level. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by my wonderful friend, the Sean Anderson. We are continuing our conference previews onto the NEC, the Northeastern Conference, a group that featured Central Connecticut State making the playoffs last season and also has a ton of very, very talented players that could be very well sneaking up on some of these teams that were at the top of the conference from teams that were more towards the middle and the bottom. Sean, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, just getting my entire basement set up revamped. Uh, got my entire table organized. As you have seen previous pictures of the table, uh, it was a nightmare. Uh, and now I finally have everything in place how I want to. And maybe I'm going to have some tech support coming over to, to work with this new uh, <laughs> analog phone. Tech support. Who, who who's coming into your house? That's going to be messing around. It's, it's don't don't worry about don't worry about my people that I have coming in here. Okay? It's it's one of your buddies, isn't it? It's the nope. guy who clowned on me for uh, buying some of my equipment. Is it, is it that guy? That will remain confidential. Oh, okay. All right. I see how it is. Yeah, Sean's in the process of building his setup. He's already actually he's got a nicer setup than I do uh, right now in terms of microphone and. And he's got a soundboard. That soundboard you have, man, is, is really nice. I didn't realize it had like a little touchscreen on it and stuff too. Oh, that's an iPad, brother. Is it a part of the sound? Am I crazy? No, no. It, it, it's, de- it's designed. The soundboard has an iPad app. And then you slide the iPad into the dock. And then it plugs right into the soundboard itself with the port on the bottom. And then uh, you load up the app and it's all configured. Oh, I see how you got this thing rolling. That's interesting. That's still pretty high quality stuff. Did you have an iPad loose, or did you have to go go grab one, or did it come with the? Um, no, I got an iPad. The purchase. Okay, gotcha. Well, Sean's increasing his setup so he can have some fun and goof around more often on the microphone. So you'll probably hear from him um, about the same amount of times as you do every single week. All right, on to the last year's standings of the NEC, the Northeastern Conference, a team that only sent. One team to the FCS playoff last year, but still has a lot of really talented teams, as I said in the intro. Central Connecticut State was 11-2, and 7-0 in the conference, going perfect. Uh, came out of, not came out of nowhere, but were, was an underrated team last year that surprised a lot of people. 
being perfect in conference, almost surprising Eastern Michigan. And then we really thought that they could have handled themselves against Albany, but they ended up getting smacked around pretty bad in the first round. But right behind them was Robert Morris, who I think was probably the even more surprising team last year, seven and five, six and one. They were very, for a very long time, considered to be the doormat of the NEC, but came back, had a really good year last year. And their coach, I believe was a a co-honor for coach of the year in the NEC right behind them. Sacred heart, a little bit disappointing after being co-champs the previous season, seven and five, four and three Duquesne, another co-champ team that really fell off six and five, four and three, uh, St. Francis University six and six three and four Bryant four and eight three and four Wagner uh, very much at the bottom of this conference one and eleven one and six but they managed to be outdone by LIU zero and ten zero and seven and then Sean we're also going to have Merrimack playing I believe their first full year of conference. Um, competition for the NEC. I, I believe they were considered to be an independent last year, and we talked about them yeah. in our independent show, so we're not really going to talk about them um, too much today. But uh, it's still very, very talented conference, Sean. And why don't we get started with our first player, that being Sacred Heart University running back Julius Chestnut is our first guy that you need to know about that is coming back. Six foot one, 215, rushed for 1,495 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 5.1 yards per carry. So big, taller running back than, than most guys in the NEC, but had a, an incredible production uh, in his real, I think, his second year of, of being the featured yeah. back for the yeah. Sacred Heart team. I don't particularly agree with your comparison that you're going to get on uh, with Chestnut here soon. Really? But for me, Chestnut, when I was watching him, his feet are always moving at the same speed. And that means he's hitting the hole as fast as possible, and then he is breaking out as fast as possible. It, it, it's it's nuts to watch him uh, move and run at as fast as he does and as fluidly as he does. I Is you... Is your comparison of uh, TJ Yeldon to him strictly size based? It's more. It's more size based, and I think that. And I think just, I can't agree with that because okay. I think Ch- Chestnut's way more explosive than than Yeldon was in, in college. Really, you think so? Yeah. I thought Yeldon was pretty explosive, and the reason why I'm not Yeldon saying was it's a grinder. A uh, yeah, he's not. I'm not giving him a comp in terms of play style because Yeldon was very upright as a runner and I think that was his biggest efficiency because he was a taller running back but I'm just saying in terms of build and and the way he looks on the field it gives me a lot of TJ Yeldon vibes that was the only reason why I was comparing him was his size his build but Sean when I was watching him I, I just think that he has that real ideal lean and that fall forward mentality for a taller running back sometimes you see these guys like I said run upright and that can really cause them to get wrapped up and taken down a lot easier by defenders because they're so much longer. There's so much more to grab onto. Um, but, you know, he's got a really good second gear, though. I watched him hit some uh, some pretty big uh, burners um, and hit that second level. And when he did, he was able to have, a, you know, some long runs and stuff like that because he has that, that second level of explosiveness and speed. He's the most exciting running back in the NEC coming back, and it's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah, and there's no one even close compared to, you know, in terms of production. Sean, you want to get on to our next player on this list? I'd love to. Uh, that is Jason Brown, St. Francis University quarterback, six foot four, two thirty, 
Joe's chomping at the bit for me to wrap this up so he can get his analysis <laughs> in because I know he loves this guy. Last year threw for 3,084 yards, 28 touchdowns, six, intercep- six interceptions. Really good ratio there for this guy. And I'm going to get on it before Joe does just because I want him to keep on just having to wait. But when I was watching Jason Brown, you. there was only one real name form wise that popped up but just to secure it i had to watch some tape i watched philip rivers at nc state in his college tape and it's remarkably similar to jason brown's uh play style and form and tape now we're not talking about philip rivers and the current connotation is the old man that never really rolls out or anything at nc state he would roll out and make plays just like jason brown does is really similar, uh, their scrambling style and their throwing style. Uh, Rivers does have a, a bigger arm than Brown, but that's not saying that Brown doesn't have a big arm. But if you're looking at a guy uh, to compare, I, I think it, it there's no one better than Rivers. Yeah, I'm a real big fan of that comp. And, and Brown, in terms of guys returning, statistically, he has the most production coming back. But if we're just talking about a guy being a prospect and a, an overall absolute talent at quarterback I really see Brown as one of the top returning quarterbacks in the country if he can take that step forward from his really productive sophomore season just watching him he does not look like a sophomore on the field he looks like a guy that is a senior that is very poised um, has very good composure seems very very confident in his ability to throw and I, I don't really think he's got like a rocket arm. I don't think the ball flies off his hand with crazy speed like guys like Trevor Lawrence and all that stuff. But I, I, he has the arm strength to throw 60-plus yards. There was a game where I, th- I saw him throw a uh, Hail Mary from the opposing 40-yard line, and he was able to hit the the opposing end. The, the, the play wasn't completed, but he was able to hit the, uh, the end zone pretty easily. Um, on, a, on a nice arcing throw. But besides that, though, uh, gets the ball out quickly, just so precise. He only completed around 62% of his passes, but when he's hitting his targets and he's on point, he is really, really precise. He, he There's very little that his receivers have to do to move to go get the ball. When he's on point and accurate, it goes right to his guys. And I think that when he has a clean pocket, he he's just... He is such a deadly weapon under center and behind, uh, you know, in the, behind that offensive line, being able to pick apart opposing defenses. He's the guy to watch quarterback wise. So yeah. obviously, as we always do, started off with the two key guys to watch. But Joe, we got some other people to look at here. Yeah, and uh, one of uh, Julius Chestnut's teammates, Sacred Heart wide receiver Tyrese Chambers, six foot one, one eighty five. Last year, he had fifty receptions, eight hundred eleven yards, and eight touchdowns. The the one thing, and I'll keep this one really simple. The the one thing that really sticks out to me and what he does with his game is that he is a really good contested catcher. He's a, a pretty good route runner. I mean, he's got that wiggle that you want to shake cornerbacks uh, in his initial initial break coming off the line of scrimmage and all that stuff. But he, I see him make a ton of contested to catches make a lot of grabs on the sideline where he's able to maintain good balance and 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 not get knocked around too much by defenders just really really good hands really good job of, of dealing with pressure from uh, from cornerbacks and safeties what i was watching from chambers is he's a slant killer um and playing college football we knew somebody who was very much like that and now the next step for him uh, for this offseason, I think, is sharpening every single route. Because in college football, once you start uh, taking slants for 75 yards, 
uh, then defenses are not going to let you do that. So now it's a matter of, okay, we can't let him get the slant, but now what else can he do? Now he can do a lot of other things really well, but for Chambers, I need to see him do uh, a little more on on uh, different routes just because I know that's what's going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that he's a, he's a guy to really watch out for for hitting over that thousand yard mark in this next season, based on what he did last year, hitting eight hundred yards. Now, another guy that we're looking for here, the wide receiver position, Tyshawn James, wide receiver from Central Connecticut State. Uh, he's going to be a senior this year, six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds. Last year, forty eight catches, nine hundred and seventy eight yards, and nine touchdowns. Joe. Oh, oh, runs a little wildcat. I thought you were saying he runs like a little wildcat. What? <laughs> He's I, six I, three. Yeah. No, he. Uh, I was watching the Albany game as my uh, brief uh, film on him, and the um, he ran a wildcat play. Didn't pick up a ton of yards, but the uh, commentators during the game made a comment about how he was originally a quarterback, so they like to use him in that capacity just to confuse defenses. So, uh, just a serious weapon for the Blue Devils. He was taking in the in, in what I watched, he was taking handoffs from the backfield, playing running back, playing wide receiver. He was doing it all on offense. Uh it just seems like he's too big, fast, and strong for these NEC DBs. And we'll get to somebody later on who's a hair bigger. And uh but right now for for James, it's you watch him and it's it's like a horse running down the field and, and everybody else is just these prairie dogs trying to to to, to and not prairie dogs, but cattle dogs trying to, to wrangle him. They, they just can't. <laughs> He's physically imposing on these defenses, and it's, it's completely unfair. Uh, I, there's not one distinct part of his game that sticks out to me. I just see him as this brutal force for Central uh, Connecticut State's offense. Now, if you don't mind, Joe, I'd like to get well, into our uh, two offensive lines. Or- I just wanted to uh, to just throw one quick thing in, in on um, – in on uh, uh, James here, just not in terms of size because Debo Samuel is six foot two sixteen, so he he's a little bit smaller than him uh, than than uh, James is in this situation. But in terms of what you talked about, how they use him, I think that he has that type of potential um, as a Debo Samuel in the NEC, where they'll even take it, take it a step further, use him at quarterback, but uh, put him in the backfield, move him around, just being an overall uh, serious weapon for that Central Connecticut State team. So, Sean, why don't you take the reins, though, here for your level of expertise uh, with offensive linemen? Yeah, we'll start with uh, returning for Central Connecticut State, uh, Connor Mingone or Mingoni. I've made this Mignone. mistake on his name two years Mignone. in a row. Mignone. Six it's foot Mignon. four, three oh five. Really good feet. Really good hands. Really good frame. You like to see that balance there. You don't want to see someone uh, six foot four grappling around the three twenty five, three thirty range. Three oh five is a really good weight for him. Uh, and he's really balanced offensive lineman, strong and mean. Uh, second offensive lineman here, Sacred Hearts uh, left tackle J.D. Dorenzo, six foot six, two seventy five. I need some more weight on that frame. I just do. And Joe, you have a little uh, analysis here too for the offensive lineman. Let's hear it. Uh, yeah, what I noticed from him when watching the other guys and, and Chestnut, I, I really like his frame and his size, what he brings to the table. You know, he's big, long-armed, a long-armed guy, tall, uh, left tackle. 
I just thought he was a little bit heavy footed for me. Um, and I think he needs to work on that foot speed. I don't know if you noticed that at all, but he has really, really good upper body strength. And I just watched him toss a bunch of small defensive ends and really able to manhandle them. But he's got to work on that foot speed because there were a couple times where he was relying a little bit too much on his strength to help him when he was getting beat by these faster edge rushers. I agree. He's heavy handed, but he needs to just let it be heavy handed and not heavy footed. All right, Joe, you want to take us off with our next skill guy here? Yeah, I'll continue on with Elijah Jackson, running back Robert Morris, really heavy on the running back receiver group here in the NEC, Five foot nine, 165, bit of a smaller jitterbug type running back, 971 yards, 5.2 yards per carry and four touchdowns. So not very heavy, not your big bruising back, but more of a space uh, space killer, a guy that if you get him in space, he's going to really hurt you and, and, and burn an opposing defense. The 971 yards number lets me know that he is making the most out of his touches, and the 5.2 average proves it. So uh, Jackson is um, he's lethal, and he's he's got to be uh, – he's really not a big running back at all. But he is going to be a very dangerous running back uh, next year for Robert Morris. Now, Joe, probably the biggest freak of nature that we have on this list here, EJ Jenkins, wide receiver for Fra- uh, St. Francis, going to be a junior this ne- next year. Six foot eight, 235 pounds. That's Last year, stupid. <laughs> 39 catches, 779 yards, 13 touchdowns. <laughs> what do we do with this guy? I mean, I'm watching him, and he's running like a gazelle, and he's getting jump balls. Defensive backs can't hang with him. He just high points the ball, and he's stronger than everybody, and it takes two or three defensive backs to tackle him. It, it, it's unfair. It's actually very unfair to have this guy <laughs> catching passes. He looks like a tight end. He, he looks like, and he has the build of a tight end. He's not a, a, as wide as a tight end, but just seeing what he can do um, as a as a box out guy, like he doesn't. He's not even really a burner. I don't really can't tell if he's. Oh, like I beg to differ. Fan. He's got wheels, man. He he's got wheels, but like I can't even. I don't really. If I don't even pay attention to his route, I just watch what he does at the end of the route and makes a play on the ball. It looks so effortless for him snagging these balls out of the air against these five foot eleven defensive backs that can't even come anywhere near. Uh, you know, in a, in a spot to knock the ball out of his hands. And because of the fact that Jason Brown is so accurate, he knows where to place the ball right into a good spot where no one can reach it when he's throwing it to Jenkins. I just, I think this guy is, is so close to lighting up the NEC and becoming a, not just a weapon, but a domineering force at the receiver position. Uh, he was really just scratching the surface for me I, from what I was able to see. He and was their number like two a, receiver. I know. I, their number two, straight. this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how he was in <laughs> number one production. It looks like they were using him as their X receiver, as their number one option, especially in the red zone. He had 13 freaking touchdowns. But I can't, I cannot see a way that he doesn't surpass 50 receptions, um, you know, 1,000 yards and 15 touchdowns. There, this guy has to do it. I'm calling it now i'm calling a shot he is too freaking big and athletic to not just eat up uh these defensive backs in the nec all right joe you want to get us started with our first defensive player here yeah i'm a little too juiced up right now uh, robert it, morris just... <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, I'm going to continue here. Robert Morris, linebacker, uh, Anilo Buzako, six foot one, one ninety, a hundred and thirty-one tackles and six and a half tackles for loss. So very, very productive on that um, stellar and and relatively productive um, Robert Morris defense. Now my first defensive player here, Central Connecticut State's linebacker Trey Jones, six foot three, two fifty-five. This man is a tank. 58 tackles, 8 sacks, 14 tackles for loss. He is an anchor, and he is a beast. I mean, you need somebody in that linebacking core that's just going to be imposing. This guy is a first guy off the bus guy, where I'm sure you know what it is, Joe, but for our listeners, you want the most intimidating-looking player coming off of the bus first. That's Trey Jones. Trey Jones, uh, just a massive, massive linebacker. And you're looking at him and you're watching him play. And you're like, you're watching him get off the bus. You're like, oh, my God, we got to face that guy. And that, that, <laughs> that's a, a, a first off the bus guy, Trey Jones. And he, he's got the stats to back it up. Yeah, you typically don't see linebackers with that much size at six foot three, two fifty five in the NEC. And he's a he's a Rhode Island native. I'm just so shocked that Rhode uh, URI wasn't more active in trying to get this guy because he has been a a, a weapon for that defense uh, for Central Connecticut State. I think he's. Uh, maybe not the best. Actually, I would argue he's one of the best returning players for the Blue Devils next season based on what he was able to do um, in that production. Our first defensive back out of the two that we have, uh, uh, St. Francis defensive back Dorian Jackson, 5'11", 180, a guy that probably cannot keep up with um, with uh, EJ Jenkins, but still pretty talented player, <laughs> 16 passes defense. I mean, I'm just trying to point that out because – there are aren't many tall corners in the NEC, so it's just going back to my point on EJ Jenkins. Um, to me, he looked a little bit taller than five foot eleven, which uh, you know I was surprised that he was only listed at five foot eleven. But really long armed, which I love in cornerbacks. It allows you to press easily if you have long arms. Quick drops, good feet. He he runs step for step with a lot of these receivers. Just a little bit stiff hipped. I think he could work on his hip hip fluid fluidity a little bit, but. Um, Overall, pretty talented and staying close and not giving up a lot of big plays to receivers. We could definitely have somebody on this show working on their word fluidity. My hey. defensive back on this list, Central Connecticut State's Dexter Lawson, five foot ten, one eighty. This guy is a ball hawk. Last year recorded six interceptions for Central Connecticut State. He's your lockdown guy, and he's gonna be the one that gets the ball back on offense. Sean, before we break down and wrap up on the guys to know, or not the guys to know, the uh, um, biggest fallers, teams to watch, all that good stuff, I want to tell our listeners about Bet Online, who has been the reoccurring host and sponsor of this uh, show. We've been constantly having reads for them over the past month or so. And if you haven't signed up yet, I fully encourage you to do so. This past weekend, we had uh, UFC. If you didn't best, uh, bet on any of those fights, that is your loss. We're going to have NASCAR coming back. Sports are slowly starting to open back up. So now is the time to have some fun. If you need to get your fix in and you want to bet, might as well do it with some free money. But there's also eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, and also Bet Online's $750,000 poker series. So plenty of opportunities for you to bet on, especially with sports coming back. Now is the perfect time to get your fix. And also use our promo con- code, God. <laughs> There's still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your for- first deposit. Again, that's Bet Online. 
Bet.ag and use promo code MYPOD100. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Sean, I, I, I was doing fine earlier. It's just like I'm having like a, an aneurysm right now. God. <laughs> Sean, who's the player to watch? I don't know what that yeah. was. <laughs> Worst read. Um, Sean, why don't you give us your player to watch, a guy that you think is going to be a, a dominant player. And if you don't pick the guy that I want you to pick, I'm going to be upset. Well, I've already cast my selection. Uh, it's a Mr. E.J. Jenkins wide receiver oh, from baby. St. Francis. Uh, I mean, we're watching Wilt Chamberlain. That's what we're watching with E.J. Jenkins. He's bigger than everybody, and he's just going to get 100 points a game, or he's going to get 40 rebounds a game. It, it, there's no... In, in the FCS so far... I have not seen one player that is going to be a more notable mismatch against other players than EJ Jenkins. And maybe I'm getting tricked by the height. That can happen. But E, look at his film. He's freaky athletic. He can run routes very well. He's got a very good quarterback. And you're thinking, how come you don't pick Chestnut? How come you don't do that? Well, Chestnut isn't six foot eight. This guy's going to be a highlight reel, and this guy it, I don't know what the next level would want to do with him if they would want him to transition to tight end. I can't get enough of him as wide receiver. He's my player to watch. Yeah, you can't ignore what his size and his dimensions are. I would consider him to be a maybe not a draftable prospect, but one that NFL teams are going to be interested in because you just don't make players at the receiver position that can move like Jenkins can, that has the size that Jenkins can, that has the length, uh, the post-up ability. He looks like a basketball player, like a power forward out there just feasting on these tiny defensive backs. I love Jenkins, but just to add to another guy, I wanted to go with Jason Brown. I'm a huge fan of Brown in terms of what he brings to the table. He's got two more years of eligibility. I think that he's got two more years to really shine for the St. Francis team. His accuracy and his completion percentage is only going to go up, and I think his production is going to come along with it because of what we were able to see him do and really flash that arm talent in 2019. That being said, Sean, it seems we're in agreement here. Who is your biggest sleeper for this upcoming 2020 season? It's St. Francis. It just it, three and four in conference last year. They're not going to be three and four in conference this year. And it's it's oh yeah yeah. It's very hard for me to see this team not catapult up this list. Uh, I, I think that records are deceiving. Um, so St. Francis, with the talent that they have, uh, is my sleeper. We ended up with a ton of guys here on this list uh, that made this uh, names to know list. And I think that having the talent at um, at quarterback coming back, also having uh, Jenkins coming back and some talented defensive players is really enough to push them and propel them forward into maybe not the top spot, but in the top two. They, they were a sleeping giant last year and a very young core, and I think they're ready and finally in a position to take that next step. Sean, in terms of teams that were underperforming, and this is a really good pick here, and mine has similar lo logic behind it, but who, who do you think is going to be the biggest faller? Well, you know, against your wishes and tendencies, I didn't go with 
the uh, former winner of the conference. I actually did some digging and research. I'm choosing Duquesne. They are losing their senior starting quarterback, their two leading rushers who were seniors, and their top three wide receivers, and they were all seniors. So you basically just lost your entire offense. Duquesne is going to be the biggest faller by far. They were four and three last year in conference. They will not be four and three again. Well, thanks for calling me lazy, even though um, that is not the case. I do see where you're coming, up, coming from, especially with A.J. Hines no longer being there, being such a key player for that offense. But if we're just talking about a team that won the conference, losing two straight years of good quarterbacks, you're losing Aaron Winchester, who led your team in rushing at the quarterback position and also passing, um, and was, I think, ar- arguably one of the best players in the NEC last year. But he's now gone. He is not returning and you have to step up with a new quarterback and I think that uh, besides that there's not really a lot of guys on that team that really excite me for them to to take that step forward it's not like they've been a consistent team that we've seen reload year in and year out I think last year was a bit of a flash in the pan and they're going to need to take some serious steps forward if they actually want to not fall off the um out of the top contention to win the NEC Sean who are you picking and I before we get to that before we pick who the winner of the conference is, I'd like to note last year we both apparently picked Sacred Heart. So who are you picking this year? Not Sacred Heart. <laughs> I'm picking St. Francis. Uh, this has basically been the Fr- uh, St. Francis Power Half Hour. It is uh, the best team with the best talent, I think. I, I shouldn't say best team because they didn't win it last year. I'm picking them to win it this year, though. I think that they're tremendously talented at the uh, positions that matter most. Uh, so I'm picking St. Francis. Yeah, I love the St. Francis pick. I, it's just it's huge to have chemistry from your offense and guys returning that were big-time playmakers last year in Brown, in Jenkins, having a good defense I'll say it again. They were a sleeping giant last year. They were a talented young core. They just weren't ready yet in a, in a, a relatively veteran heavy, heavy NEC last year. So this is going to be their year. This is really the year for them to actually complete the, 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 the path to winning the conference. They need to have everything come together. And I think this would be a really positive time for them to do so. That's our winners. Hold us to it. Okay. Um, yeah, well, hopefully we're right this time. I think we're 0 for 3 in the last uh, three uh, conferences. I think, we're, I think we got one right. Oh, you got Dartmouth right, and that was the only one. Uh, thank you. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you are listening to us, but you can also follow us, find us rather, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Art19, you name it, we are there, and you can find us and any other shows that believe hosts also go to believe.com spelled b-l-e-a-v.com where you can find hundreds of amazing shows uh in addition to that make sure you follow us on social media at joe de leon you can follow sean at sanderson radio um and also follow Could you sound a little more excited plugging our twitters here no, I don't follow us. We don't put follow out Sean. Con- you can follow me at Joe DeLeon. No one tunes in this late. No one tunes in this late. No one tunes in this late. No one. You know what, folks? If you're actually still listening right now, I want you to tweet at me um, your pick for for the NEC at Joe DeLeon. But I know no one's going to tweet at me. No one's listening this late. But it doesn't matter. Okay. Tweet him. 
Let's hear yeah, it. Tweet me. Let's Prove hear them it. wrong. Get, Prove me Colin, right. We need energy for all 30 minutes yep. of this show. I'm willing to deliver that. Maybe my co-host isn't as much, but that's fine. Oh, it's all right. The guy who comes the plugs, every we're show. getting the plugs and we're says trying to be excited. Who, you want to rate this show. You want to subscribe to this show. You want to do everything. Find us. Listen to other Believe shows. Says, it's, it, you see how that's sold a little Says the guy who comes in cold every show. Oh, I got a new setup. Uh, yeah. What do you I, want you me know, to say? What, what else have I been doing? What has anybody been doing? You want me to I'm sit here and talk about anything. how I no, watched no, no, five no, no, seasons no, 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 of Silicon no. Valley in like I'm three saying, days? Is that what you want to hear? I'm saying how you could have been, been a little bit more. You could have been as juiced as you are now when talking about that stuff at the beginning of the show. You do it every time. Don't give me crap for, for I don't uh, do it every time. slowing you, down you towards the end. You give me a lame warm-up, brother. Screw you. That is the show. Thank you for listening in. Um, let me tell you what the next conference is. Sean, vamp for a second. Okay. Well, again, one of us is prepared uh, for the closing of the show. One of us isn't, but he asked me to vamp, so this is what he's going to get. Joe has a big old schedule of what we're doing, and I actually really appreciate that he did it. Uh, I mean, the next super conference is the Big South. Oh, so Nick Masseroni and Sean Blythe. Be ready, be juiced up. We're going to crap on Kennesaw State uh, just to make you all mad. All right, thanks for tuning in, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.